good afternoon um, everyone um, welcome again to our third series of our four-part program of uh, webinars where we engage with the travel and tourism sector broadly that constitute the visitor economy in Gauteng uh, as indicated, we are on the third of our four-part series. Today, we are going to be focusing on our transport carriers. As we know, transport moves the economy. Uh, it moves people, it moves logistics, um, and the visitor economy benefits a lot out of um, the sector. Actually, it's an integral part of a thriving and growing visitor economy. We're excited to be joined by our esteemed panelists uh, uh, today, uh, combined making up almost a century worth of experience in the, in the sector. I'm not gonna go into their bio. I will need, we will need another two hours to go just through their bio. So what we can assure you is that we have a wealth of experience, talent, managerial prowess at our disposal and we are looking forward to tap from this wealth of knowledge from our esteemed panel. We welcome everyone who's joining us from um, every part of the world. Since this is a virtual um, digital platform, it allows everyone to join from all corners uh, of the world. We also send um, our greetings to those who are joining us through Facebook. Um, like we've been doing with the bulk of the sessions, we are going to allow our panelists to share some perspective, but the session, it's really not a workshop or a presentation session, it's an engagement session. So there is a chat facility on the system there. So everyone who's joining us uh, can utilize the chat to pose in a question, to pose in a commentary, a suggestion, we will be zooming into those uh, uh, messages and sending them live to our guest. We uh, also, because of the broad nature of the sector, we couldn't have every association in the transport um, and mobility space here on the panel. As a result, uh, those that are part of the participants we will also at some point during the session zoom into yourselves for your commentary, for your questions and for your inside uh, guidance into the sector. We are driven by the mantra that says uh, tourism is government led, private sector driven, it's community based, but most importantly, it's labor intensive. So all these components uh, coming together to build a thriving uh, visitor economy. Welcome everyone, and we're looking forward to a very fruitful engagement. On that note, uh, I want to take this opportunity to introduce our esteemed panel to, uh, for, for this afternoon. Uh, we are joined by Ms. Faith Mthanga, who is the Assistant GM uh, from OR Tambo uh, International. Uh, we had advertised that the GM was going to join us, but due to other competing priorities, Faith is a reliable and dependable soldier. She's here uh, to share lights with us. Maybe Faith, you just want to say hi. Uh, yeah. 
Okay, thank you so much. Uh, good morning, colleagues. Actually, it's an afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I hope this session I, I will clear some light as it relates to some of the responsibilities and most of the commitments that the airports company South Africa stands for, and specifically some of the initiatives that OAF Tambo International has already implemented. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Faith. Um, with OR Tambo International being the hub and thriving parcel of activities, we are really looking forward to share insights from yourself. We are also joined by Mr. Sandy Lentuan, uh, the general manager from Savral. Um, uh, Sandy Le has been a um, dependable partner in the growing the visitor economy. Um, you can maybe want to say hi, Sandile. Sandile, can you hear us? Good afternoon, uh, ladies and gentlemen. My apologies. Um, yeah, thank you very much, uh, Baba. Yeah, I'm from, as introduced, I'm from the South African Vehicle Rental and Leasing Association that plays a very key role uh, in the transportation uh, industry. Uh, we work very closely with other associations, as uh, indicated by Baba, you know, uh, uh, both within the business uh, unity South Africa and in the tourism sector, certainly uh, within the, uh, the tourism business council. Thank you very much. Uh, I look forward to engaging with you. Thank you so much, Sandile. We are also delighted to be joined by Mr. Trevor Tickler, Executive Manager Commercial and Engineering at Lanseria Airport, uh, one of our fastest growing facility and anchor of our growth and development um, in the Northern uh, Corridor, um, a stimulator of development uh, closer to the cradle of humankind. Uh, welcome, Trevor. I just want to say hi to everyone. Good afternoon, Bob, and to everybody else that's joined in. Yeah, nice introduction there. Uh, I think the president also put Lanseria on the map earlier this year, State of the Nation address that uh, we're going to become a very key component with regards to the uh, pilot project of the smart, new, technologically advanced cities. So we look forward to sharing with uh, the panel as well as everybody else that's joined in some of the initiatives we've already put into place and how we form part of the Golden Triangle Network of Innovation. Thanks. Thanks, Trevor. We are also joined by Sean Smeda, the Chief Commercial Officer uh, of Intercape Mainline, um, our pristine bus facility that transports people um, uh, in between provinces. Welcome, uh, Sean. Good afternoon, Baba. Thank you for the introduction. Good afternoon to all the guests and the rest of the panel. Uh, as mentioned also by our other colleagues here, that um, yeah, looking forward to share some info with you guys. Uh, we might uh, not be the golden triangle in the in the air, but we definitely does on the right on the road. And um, yeah, it would be nice to share what we've got and what we've planned, and maybe it can help the rest of the industry that we can ensure safe service going forward. Thank you so much, uh, Sean, from the. Raving engines of the buses, we now go to the airlines. We are joined by Mr. Chris Swingenthal, CEO of Airline Association of Southern um, 
Africa airlines have been on a hold. I think, uh, Chris, you are quite excited now that the prospect of a better opening. Can you say hi to everyone? Chris, I think you're on mute. Yeah. I don't think on mute, but more particularly, maybe there's an issue with the headphones. So unmute yourself, sir, and try again. Can you hear me now? Yep. Yeah. Go, go, go on that. Sorry about that. My apologies. I thought I got it right. Clearly not. Um, yeah, it's good. Thank you, Baba, and to everybody, good afternoon, and, and nice to be with you, and I look forward to sharing some issues from the airline industry perspective. We represent these, we're a SADC-based organization representing the airlines of South Africa and many of our regional airlines serving and coming into South Africa. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Chris. Uh, uh, the last uh, on our panel, it's uh, Dr. Barbara Janssen-Foster. Um, a dear colleague in the Houghton Provincial Government, um, uh, seen it all. Um, but also, I think there are quite some nice initiatives coming through from Houghton. Um, and celebrating 10 years, surely uh, Dr. Janssen will see more of the celebration. Do you want to say hi to everyone? Um, yes, good afternoon, colleagues, and to everyone that's um, tuning in. Um, the, through Zoom and through Facebook, and the joys of working from home. Please also say hello to my staffie, Malaika. Um, she's decided to join the discussion, and it will make a bigger fuss to try and get her, get her off than <laughs> to let her just stay until she leaves, because she came through the doggy, doggy door. So good afternoon, colleagues, and good and. Malaika is also joining us. Thank you so much. And uh, special greetings to Malaika. Uh, that just shows how cosmopolitan, how open, how diverse, and how welcoming uh, Gauteng City Region Destination Gauteng is. We're quite um, excited to be with this um, uh, open and lovely destination. Thank you so much, um, uh, Barbara. Uh, for joining us. Thank you very much, everyone. Before we kick off, I just want to, it has been so much of a lockdown. We probably have forgotten some of our spaces and places, some of our vibey experiences in the destination. So as we discuss how transport can uh, provide a safe environment uh, for the visitor economy, let's also reminiscent of our spaces in Gauteng.
Thank you so much. Indeed, we thank everyone for joining us uh, this afternoon. Uh, maybe going straight into it, Chris, maybe let's start with you. Um, um, as the country has been seized with the challenges of managing COVID-related um, issues, especially health and its economic impact, what is the current state of your subsector now uh, in relation to COVID implication, especially on business op operations, uh, the bottom line, uh, the staff, um, not all airline staff uh, are, are working. Um, what is the state of the sector currently right now? Well, thank you very much, Baba. The uh, state of the industry for airlines, from an airline perspective, is actually pretty dire. Um, we, from on the 27th of March, we went from effectively about a 40% uh, revenue uh, generation because there'd already been some reductions from when, when the first, um, first cases were, were reported in South Africa, down to zero revenue overnight when the lockdown started. And um, up until the 1st of June 2020, when the limited domestic services were able to start up again, the airlines had basically derived zero revenue other than those that had done repatriation flights or cargo flights or essential services flights. So effectively, you can understand that um, on average, they normally have about a two-month liquidity uh, process in terms of having cash available for two months. So after two months, effectively, you could basically see that the... Um, that the um, that the cash is effectively running out. Um, so I'll go back onto then onto the present. If you want me to go onto the presentation, I'll do that then. Um, so can you go into full screen? Sorry, it's, it's, it's. So you can see that effectively, including that liquidity crisis we lost, and we're projected to lose in, in aviation purposes 50% of the revenue for 2020, which is about um, about about 52 billion rand. Um, aviation and we've got a big problem in terms of um, aviation and tourists. We, there's a threat to a loss of about 97 billion rand in GDP growth and obviously a risk of jobs losses in, in, the, in the sector of about 252,100 um, already unless we can get going and it's not based on a three-month uh, uh, delay in getting going back on, on, on into the air. Obviously, the travel and tourism side, which I've got on the left-hand side there, has been is also been widely talked about through TBCSA and our colleagues there, in terms of also lockdown loss of 68 billion rand to date with jobs at risk of up to 600,000. So I know that everybody's extremely keen to be able to uh, to carry on further and and to get the industries both industries going again. Um, if we go to the next slide, if we if we if we manage the um, the COVID-19 pandemic. We're definitely ready now to expand into the aviation and the travel side. Um, obviously, aviation plays a huge role in enabling the four areas which I've listed there in terms of economic development, uh, investment, trade and tourism, and the skills development and the necessity to create and support sustainable jobs in the entire sector and the, and the economy, obviously, the, the consequential jobs that are created through that process. Um, if we go to the next slide, then, the as part of the level three process, I think it's important to, to say that um, we were able to start operations on the 1st of June um, and the, there was very tight restrictions put on in board uh, for us, to, for the aviation industry to do. And you were only able to travel for business or other reasons that were permitted um, as listed in that list on the left-hand side of, this, of, this, of, this, of the screen. 
phase one, the Minister of Transport divided the introduction of air, domestic air service into three phases. One being, uh, the first phase being the, the opening up of the four big airports, Tamba, Cape Town, King Shaka, and then Syria, and also only for domestic, business travel. As you know, and I think in some developments in the recent day, we've seen that the possibility exists for leisure travel to come back, which we're very excited about. But that's subject to obviously uh, directions being um, put forward by the, uh, by the Minister of Transport. Um, if we could go to the next. E Hello? Chris, uh, we, we are still here. Okay, it's the, my screen's disappeared, but that's I can talk to it because there's no presentation on the screen. Okay, um, I think what is important to state here is that the to put in place it was necessary to put in place special protocols and SOPs or standard operating procedures for the aviation value chain. You can go to the go to the next one. Yeah. So it was able, necessary to go into for the best practices. And obviously what we've done is to ensure the health and of the, of the employees employed in the sector, as well as the passengers who travel on the airlines. So we followed international best practice and all those organizations which are listed on the, on the screen have been consulted and we've used their information. Um, and obviously it's been drawn down into the South African context with the Civil Aviation Authority of South, South African Civil Aviation Authority has put together guidelines on which basis the airlines and, of course, the airports have to put protocols and, and standard operating procedures into place. And uh, those have been done. So we can, if we can just go to the next slide. Industry has followed the process of developing COVID-19 protocols and standard operating procedures on the basis of the guidelines. And it's an essential that those, each of those, each airline and each airport will have um, approached the Civil Aviation Authority for approval of their specific protocols and standard operating procedures and uh, only, will only be allowed to open airports or, or operate airlines if those have been approved by the CAA. So it's important that we show that the, 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 the industry is, is aware and has got to build on that, the confidence with not only the government, but also uh, with its customers and the passengers we want to fly. And obviously, under, underpinning everything is the insurance that government objectives are met, that the spread of the virus contained, and that we also play our part in flattening the curve. Next slide. So, obviously, all these processes um, have, are in place, are listed below, have got to be in place before a clearance is received. And... Underpinning all that is the basics that we all are living by on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of compulsory mask wearing, screening, sanitizing and washing of hands, as well as social distancing have to be in place. And those, all those protocols take account of those in every, every aspect of the chain from the, from the arrival at the airport through the entire airline and flight process, and then obviously disembarking and getting off and, and, and leaving the airport facility. Next one. I think important aspect to highlight is something that is, has definitely um, been uh, raised as an issue and a concern about the risk of transmission on board an aircraft. And I think it's important that we give confidence to the passengers of the safety of their safety to fly. The risk of COVID infection on an airline is probably lower, lower than any other confined spaces. Um, the air reticulation system on board the aircraft 
is, is obviously of the highest quality and actually uses a system whereby the, the air is, is recirculated in that aircraft every three to four minutes and obviously brings in a 50% new fresh air from the outside. And then obviously the reticulation goes through these filters and I'm, everybody's probably heard on the media about the HEPA filters, the high efficiency particulate air filters, which, which have the ability to catch 99 point, up to 99.97% of the viruses. So we are very confident that um, on this basis, the risk of transmission on board the aircraft is, is very low. And the, the risk, the biggest risk is, is what happens to us in everyday life. We go into the malls, we go into a, into a shop, is that you come into contact with somebody who has, 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 um, has tried to push the envelope and is, is, should not be flying and should not be even in an airport and therefore um, that, you, that the risk of contagion is, is on that basis. So we believe that uh, the processes that everybody's taking is, um, is very good and should give the confidence to the public to fly. The next phase in air transport operation is that the phase one that I mentioned started on the 1st of June has been reviewed and we're currently in the process of, of, of making, have made a submission as, as the industry and its entire industry uh, to the minister to look at expanding additional airports as he announced at the time of, of announcing the level three directions. So phase two and phase three look at the expansion of the uh, domestic air network to, to try and get to as many airports open as possible. And obviously the important aspect is to extend this to leisure travel and tourism, which I think the directions and the regulations from the COCTA regulations last night seem to open up. And I'm, we're hoping obviously for positive um, developments in that regard. Ultimately, we want to get to regional and international flights uh, because, and, and we're working very closely with our colleagues from, from tourism. And obviously, we need the feed from regional and international flights onto the domestic network. So in conclusion, Bob, thank you very much for the opportunity. It's important for us to build confidence with the passengers and with the governments to ensure that they're confident that we can, we can uh, fly safely and healthily and obviously ensure that the travel experience of the passenger from start to finish is safe and that they can feel confident and enjoy the experience, although it'll be probably a very different experience going forward. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, um, maybe just to uh, continue on that note. Um, so just, just briefly. So uh, um, I know um, 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 colleagues later on in the discussions will also touch on it, but specifically, so when I get into the airlines or when I need to travel under this condition, what papers are required apart from my boarding ticket and probably my driver's or, or my um, ID? Well, at the moment under the current um, level three restrictions, you require a reason for travel. So you would require a, a, an authority letter from your employer to indicate why you're traveling and that it is for a bona fide business um, requirement. Obviously, there are other aspects related, which I showed on the slide, they're related to medical situation, being able to have a look after a, of a, after a, of a sick um, family member. And there are other, other areas in that area. And each one of them has got a specific form. There's forms two, form six, form, form five, form six there, depending on the requirements that, you, that, you, that you're going to have for travel. But ultimately, then you have to be able to present that when you arrive at the airport and it'll be checked also need to fill in a, a health questionnaire before arrival and so that you can you declare exactly what your health status is 
And obviously on that basis, you will also then be screened before allowing your entry. And if, you're, um, if, you're, if your temperature is within the certain the allowable range, you'll be allowed in. If not, you'll probably be um, not, not allowed to enter the airport and you'll have to probably go through another process. Okay, maybe just to bring in a new faith in there, um, as we continue to discuss the airport airlines environment. So what, what level of support and training and guidance is provided to uh, airport staff in the hub and almost the guide of the must-do, must-have in a huge facility like Oar Tambo International? Uh, Faith? Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, so thanks so much for, for that question. I think it's it's one of the fundamental questions that should be cleared, you know, in this part that we're working of increasing passenger experience and, and confidence. What we did is, um, as OR Tambo, we continue to operate throughout from level five. Um, our focus at the time was to... Um, process repatriations flights, humanitarian flights, and medical evacuation flights. We had a proper operational plan in place, which we, we partnered very well with our airline stakeholders as well as our government agencies. By that time, we already um, had conducted our own risk appetites. Uh, we did our own um, risk and ecosystem risk assessment, uh, which then led to prepare for us to open, you know, fully when we went to level three. So the, le- the, the risk assessment entailed um, various components. It looked at all the um, service offerings that you find at the airport from cargo, um, you know, the normal car rental areas, the hotel, the, the car rentals, um, sorry, the airlines, just to, even the retailers um, such as restaurants, um, your kiosk, et cetera. So with that risk assessment, we then we conducted it collaboratively again with all the stakeholders that were involved. And each and every stakeholder was expected also to conduct their own risk assessment within their own operational spaces, which then complemented the overall risk assessment that we did. And we then sat down as the community and identified preventative measures that we're going to employ or deploy to make sure that we close these gaps in preparation to welcome our passengers now. And we did exactly that. Um, it gave birth to us then putting in place uh, measures such as protective screens. Most of the people that have already traveled domestically, they would have seen when you check in, when you go to the boarding gates, there's um, those perspex screens, protective screens. There's also floor markers everywhere. Um, there's hand sanitizers as you enter the entrance. There's various other initiatives that we've, um, we've put in place. Equally, all other stakeholders that operate in our realm have initiated same in their own operational space. So we have really, we started this quite early in the process and now I think we've somehow matured and we continue to strengthen it as we move forward. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Um... Um, maybe just to uh, in Sandile before we you get into the airport, is either you use the 
how train you get there with a car um, uh, from the uh, the cars, the vehicle rentals. Um, as an association, um, during a crisis, um, um, sharing of information becomes very key. Uh, what have you guys been up to, um, uh, Sandile, with regard to uh, sharing of information? Uh, what has been your preoccupation basically over the past 100 days? Thank you very much, uh, Baba. Sandile? Uh, perhaps, uh, yeah. Thank you very much. Perhaps before I, I even uh, attempt to answer your question, I need to just indicate that uh, you know, following uh, you know, flowing from what my colleagues have just um, you know painted, uh, most of the car rental companies you know derive uh, bulk of their revenue from airport locations. I think that's a fact. So, so the limited airport operations, in fact, in our case where it was almost stopped severely affected uh, you know our member our members bottom line in fact uh, our business uh, during the time you know during particularly in level 5 uh, came to a, a standstill um apart from just the movement of uh, perhaps uh, you know servicing some essential services you know our business basically came to a standstill but coming back to your to your um question uh, you know, the protocols that were adopted by the tourism industry, you know, uh, were widely publicized. In fact, if anything, you know, where uh, I did indicate initially that, uh, you know, we are part of the Tourism Business Council. I sit in that board. So we're very much involved in the team that, you know, uh, did the consultation basically to ensure that uh, these were uh, not only just approved by government, but 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 they also, uh, you know, uh, uh, we consulted widely to ensure that they were they were inclusive. I think it's important to also just indicate that um, you know, the, 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 in the consultation process, we made sure that our members' uh, protocols are, as well are included in there. So um, yes, certainly our preoccupation at the moment, uh, you know. Uh, we are a trade association, and obviously, you know, uh, it's very key to us to communicate with our members, particularly during this period of uh, of, of COVID. We had have we've had uh, engagements with the minister from when uh, I think the pandemic was announced early in March. We've uh, also just tried to share, you know, with the general membership, of both from TBCSA and from uh, BUSA feedback on, on all, you know, the developments uh, in, in, in COVID, where the car rental is, in fact, one of the frontline industries in dealing with tourists and being exposed to, to, to COVID uh, in 19, uh, you know, in COVID-19. Thus far, you know, it, you know, it, it, it made it very important for us to demonstrate, uh, even when things started opening up, that we could at least provide uh, some sort of level of safety uh, for, 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 for our, our customers. So we lobbied uh, very much uh, with, together with the ministry for support for the vehicle industry during that period. Uh, we've attended uh, the, the, the premier's conversations as well in that regard, just joining business within Gauteng uh, to make sure that at least there were some sort of amendments uh, you know, to ensure 
in line with the protocols that were established, you know, to ensure that uh, at least those lockdown regulations were relaxed uh, somehow. So, so, so we're basically, you know, our preoccupation right now is uh, uh, certainly to ensure that we communicate, uh, you know, we heighten our communication to our members, but also we keep tabs with what is happening in the, in the industry. I think one of the key things that has happened uh, with, with, with um, you know, uh, the pandemic, uh, we've seen heightened collaboration with government. And uh, that has also seen, uh, you know, the formulation of business for South Africa, of which we are a, a part of. And uh, they were able not only just to liaise with business, but also, as you may know, uh, we, there's, there's involvement uh, very much of the health department. Um, I see that you, you've, uh, you know, I think it's important just so, so that people have an appreciation of exactly what, um, you know, Savrala represents. Um, you know, Savrala represents not only just the car rental industry, you know, the known brands, uh, 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 you know, the known international, some of, some of which are international, uh, but you, we do have uh, smaller ones as well, uh, you know, that are not necessarily located at the airports but are doing great service throughout South Africa. Uh, we have the leasing uh, uh, section as well, which really is a massive, uh, and, and those are the likes of uh, Standard Bank Leasing, West Bank. These are known brands uh, of leasing companies. But also we have associate members who basically are, you know, you know the manufacturers and OEMs that conduct our, our you know, that manufacture our, 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 our vehicles. Um, it's 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 okay. a sizable uh, what's name uh, business, and we're talking basically a revenue of just about six billion, uh, with an average of uh, seventy thousand vehicles, excluding the leasing side. If you take all combined, you're taking you're talking just about four hundred thousand uh, vehicles that we represent. I think one of the key okay. um, um, uh, uh, maybe uh, just Sandile, yeah. yes. uh, uh, we are aware that you you will need to be released uh, later on in some few That's minutes. Right. Maybe just to go through um, the the other aspect, um, not necessarily through the presentation, but we're quite interested to find out, especially with such a network of members. Uh, there's a general agreement that relief measures from government in particular would never be enough to support and cater for everybody. What has been your own initiatives and your members' initiatives in lending a hand to one another and coordinating your own measures to keep afloat? I can imagine this has been really a devastating period. Well, I must say that the, the, the government's uh, relief measures didn't help much, um, it, it, you know, basically, particularly with our massive, a lot of our members, uh, you're talking, you know, your listed uh, groups, your, uh, uh, you know, that are really, and you're talking vehicles in excess of uh, uh, 30,000 uh, and uh, the 50,000 uh, relief package that government, uh, you know, provided for small business wasn't really helpful to, to our members. Uh, I think it's a known fact that a lot of them <clears throat> have uh, so much been affected that uh, we're talking quite uh, serious numbers 
uh, of people that are potentially going to be retrenched. And, uh, you know, so that has spoken to basically internal reengineering on how they conduct their business going forward. Uh, so, you know, these, these are some of the things that uh, we, we're looking at as an industry on how best can we, uh, you know, best re-engineer our businesses to ensure that at least, uh, you know, going forward, we're able to uh, with, with the stock levels that we have currently. I don't know if that answers your question. Are you, are you still there? Just, just there. So I, I'll pick what, yes, I'm asking, are we, are, are we looking forward to see more domestic forecast, uh, more programs that looks into local consumption uh, as part of your business re-engineering? Certainly. I think the current um, interprovincial restrictions, uh, you know, uh, uh, are not are not really favorable, but uh, the focus, as you know, is uh, you know domestic um, tourism, and basically that's where our focus are, is. Uh, whilst uh, there's some sort of relaxation in terms of business travel, it doesn't really you know uh, impact much on 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 our revenue because uh, you know it's got its restrictions. But if the tor- the, the, the interprovincial at least uh, travel w- was to be, you know, opened uh, together with at least some sort of relaxation in terms of just the movement of people, then suddenly, you know, that would see, uh, you know, the, the rolling out of some of, uh, you know, the, 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 the uh, improved methods that uh, the industry has had to, uh, you know, uh, focus on, uh, focusing on, uh, uh, you know, domestic uh, revenue, domestic uh, travel as well. No, thank you. Um, uh, Houghton Tourism CEO, Ms. Yolanda Kona, she's here. So she uh, has really noted that point as the um, uh, government collective continue to discuss uh, measures to support the sector by opening up the economy, but making sure that the economy is open responsibly balancing livelihoods and life. So thank you very much, Sandile. When you, it's time for you to dish, uh, you can uh, dash out. And But thank you so much. We have your details and those who are joining us uh, will be able to share also the presentation, the insights from all our panel members in our uh, uh, chat platform and in the newsletter that we will provide once we concluded with our, our session. So once again, thank you so much. Um, uh, for sharing such insights with you. As we continue from cars to the buses now, uh, Sean, um, I guess it's the same challenge with you, no interprovincial travel. So what have you been preoccupied with over the past uh, almost 100 days? Um, except for the wife keeping me busy. Um, no, that's just a joke, guys. Uh, afternoon, once again to everybody. Yeah, I think just just maybe some background for us. That's the you know the, the road operators. Um, level five, the twenty seventh of March. Obviously, when level five was introduced, uh, there was no travel from the twenty seventh of March, and then in May there was a small grace period of seven days, uh, where the Minister of Transport allowed people to travel to make use of the window opportunity to travel home 
and it was quite exceptional seven days um but after which everything just died down again um one june um we were allowed cross involved well, into 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 provincial cross province transport was allowed but it's also for us for our industry it's only on a 50% capacity uh as well as you need to have the the necessary documents in in place specifically form 6 and form 5 uh, of which one of our previous panelists also um referred to so that also brought its own little challenges um uh, so currently as we're standing we're about 10% operational uh, versus uh, this time of the year we've basically lost out in the in the, the one of the biggest harvesting times in the industry which is the easter weekends uh, as most of, our, of you are aware that this was you know all our in, um uh, bus operators busiest time so we lost out during that period we lost out in the june july school holiday um so yeah we we're looking forward to relief uh, as it is it's it's very challenging with the 50% capacities as well as the the permits but uh, let's be positive um, to answer your question. I think the biggest thing that we've that we've done is the moment we, when COVID was uh, and, the, and the protocols came out, we actually as a company, because it was new, I think, to everyone, we started making use of this opportunity, first of all, to, to educate our passengers. Um, at the end of the day, it's all about the passenger. It's all about the person that wants to travel. And if he's not going to understand what's going to be needed from, from, from his side, then the confusion just becomes bigger. So yes, we got all our internal in, internal processes in in, in place, um, as guided by the WHO. Um, all the best practices, risk assessments, uh, protocols, sanitizing. So, I, I I think what makes this a bit more difficult, and um, maybe for the guests, is just to understand that, you know, with with the airlines. And sorry to to to, to use you guys as an example, but you pick up at one point and you drop off on another. Where it's for us, it's 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 public open spaces where you don't where, where you as operator normally don't have so much control as at an airport, where somebody can get on and Johannesburg Park Station gets off in Kroonstad and you need to load again in Bloemfontein across the journey. So it, it, it makes it a bit tricky, and there's a lot of I come I take my hats off to the drivers. There's a lot of training going into these guys. At the end of the day, um, you know they they are the sole responsibility, um, keeping the people safe on the road and looking after people, educating them. So we spend a lot of time in educating pa um, passengers um, during this time to, for them to know what currently to expect and what to expect going forward. Thank you, Sean. I guess also with the traveling time, so you have probably more time than any other of the colleagues here to engage with the partners. You can literally in drill a thesis into their mindset and psyche. Um, there's a question from Alma here also uh, around the design. Um, Alma wants to understand, are we also looking at uh, possibly remodeling our transport design, our vehicles design um, to accommodate this new normal? Um, uh, it's not just for you, but uh, maybe let's start with you, uh, Sean, in terms yes. of best practices um, saving uh, fuel, more uh, uh, design that are sustainable, uh, saving fuel, uh, encouraging social distancing, uh, um, looking at the limits. I mean, we've all seen the stories with the taxis, uh, 50%, 30%, 70% at some point. 
What are some of the thinking and the trends in your space? Yeah. Alta, thank you for the question. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. I think um, buses get specced and I've get, been specced over the years, you know, to adapt first of all to South Africa climate, to adapt to, um, you know, the needs of the passengers because we're looking at a lower LSM market when it comes to, 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 to our, our type of transport. Unfortunately, the difficult part is you cannot just take out seats and, and I'm just taking an example and refurbish a bus with just um, as it needs to go through homologation process. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of, and coaches doesn't get built in South Africa. It all gets imported, most of them. So it's a, it's a, it's a very good question. It's a tricky question, but there's definitely small things that we're looking at. We, we spoke about, one of our colleagues spoke about the, the HEPA filters. We're also now looking at something similar for the coach industries to uh, introduce into the to into the vehicles. Obviously, stuff like your your, your toilets facilities within the in within the coaches. Um, currently, we don't make use of that, so that's all all things we're looking at going forward. I think whenever the new batch of of vehicles will be ordered, when the industry recovers, they will most probably look differently than different than now, um, based on the capacity challenges. I think it's important for the guest and the panelists to understand that, you know, it's, it's one thing to be on 50% capacity, but unfortunately I don't think there's any one of us that can survive on a normal rate um, only on 50% capacity. So there will need to be different measures, different things we need to look at. Alma, I don't think the 50% um, is going to be sustainable going forward. I think eventually we will go back to a, to ideal world where things will move back to hundred percent. And um, education, once again, is going to be very, very important. Uh, you can do as much as you can from an operator's point of view, but we'll need to keep on educating our passengers throughout the journey of, of what to expect and, and, and how to, 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 to ensure their own safety. Absolutely. And um, I guess this, it's like the COVID-19 uh, pandemic um, situation. This is a moving uh, conversation, moving target uh, but also an opportunity to start also getting local innovators, de designers to also come to the party, obviously not uh, compromising sustainability of businesses. Uh, Barbara, to bring you in, um, um, uh, uh, technology has been also a key aspect in terms of introducing um, the required protocols uh, for managing uh, COVID-19 and your side, you had to go under thorough scrutiny before you even resume operations. How have you been coping with the new regulation, the use of technology, and some of your initiatives to make sure that the staff and the commuters are all operating in a safe and secure environment? Dr. Janssen? For some reason, it seems like Dr. Janssen has dropped off the call. I know she was on and dropped off. There might be an issue on her side. May we move on and we will get Dr. Janssen back on the call. Okay. Maybe let's um, get Faith back again. And again, Faith, you've been working very closely with all the, opera all the operators. So maybe you can speak to that, especially the use of technology, um, not only for um, uh, passengers, commuters, but also for your own staff. 
Maybe you can unmute yourself, Faith. Hear me now. Yes. Yes, I think the period that we're in has brought about a lot of dynamics, um, you know, not only in technology, but I think, you know, in other areas encompassing. By way of an example, as it stands right now, you know the technology that we have in our security system, where if you go through, it will beep and then you turn back. Now we are trying by all means that our staff should not touch a passenger. So when you go in, we've, we've even increased the um, calibration of our CSP, our security screening points. When a passenger goes in, they have to then go back again, take out whatever that needs, you know, that in, and ignites that beep and go in. Up until then, there's no beep at all. So those are some of the things that we've, we've somehow, um, you know, looked at. Uh, we are constantly looking at making sure that our, our passenger journey is automized from one end to the other. Um, even in our parking areas, we're looking at making sure that there's no buttons where you press and then you get a ticket. We are now installing a new technology that will enable for um, it to have a sensor. As you enter the parking station, when you just put in your hand and then a, a parking ticket comes out. So those are things that we're working on. Uh, but I can say even we've got a currently domestic, we've always have offered a VIP or premium savers where you don't have to stand on a queue, but then you have to just go in. And these technologies, thanks so much for playing this video. It will outline some of the key things from a technological perspective that we've, we've somehow have put in place. Um, I doubt that there's a, there's a sound there. Can they please um, activate that? There's no sound. Faith, do you want to continue or allow the video to play in the background or would you like it to play with the audio and then continue? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll help it. I'll be the, 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 the voice of it. If you can please start okay, it. Brilliant. Let's begin it again uh, and I will cue in the audio if that's fine. Great. Yeah, so that's, I think the video will outline some of the processes that we've put in place. So yeah, please do play it. Um, if you don't mind, please. Even if it doesn't have sound, I'll speak to it. Today's inspection is not any different from the ones we have previously undertaken. Airports and aircraft Limited domestic travel also means that flights will only be allowed to depart and land uh, at selected airports in phased manner, as earlier explained. Only passengers will be allowed inside the terminal buildings. No accompanying members of the public will be allowed inside the terminal buildings. Temperature screening will be conducted at the terminal building entrances before any passenger is allowed entry. No passengers will be allowed inside the terminal buildings without the masks. AXA will ensure effectiveness of sanitization process before entering the terminal building, which may result in the number of entrances being reduced. All the airports will have markings on the floor, as you would have seen, social distancing of 1.5 meters. This will be applicable at check-in counters, 
security checkpoints and airport lounges. All airline check-in agents will wear face shields and the counters will be installed with protective screens. Uh, at boarding gates, boarding will be staggered and prioritized in terms of the number of passengers uh, to board. All our commercial aircrafts are fitted with the high efficiency particulate air filters. No catering will be allowed. Um, no magazines on board. The last row will be reserved for isolation of suspected cases. Loading capacity for all airport buses uh, must be limited to 70%, which will be 30 people inside the bus. Thank you so much. So, yeah, so what, what we've done also is, which is one of the changes that we've done, is that we've, we now are allowing passengers to come to the airport two hours before departure, which has, of course, posed some challenges when we started at the beginning. You can imagine the first flight out is at 06.15, so a passenger is required to be at the airport at least 4 a.m. Because as Chris indicated earlier, there is screening that is required. There's checking of documents from a business travel perspective, which also at times tends to be cause a delay for a passenger. So these are some of the things that we've done. We have, of course, um, not um, limited the number of entries into the terminal. We have floor COVID-19 floor monitors, which um, you know, you'll see everywhere on the floor carrying lollipops to help and direct passengers. So those are some of the elements that we've put from a human element perspective. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Um, I'm told we've got uh, Barbara back. Uh, Barbara, can you hear us? I'm back. I do have to apologize. I've lost your, the sound on my computer rebooted still didn't have audio so i had to come back via my phone i do apologize for that no thank you so much we just wanted to check with you how have you been utilizing technology um, to make sure that you are compliant with all these regulations not just for the benefit of commuters but your own staff but also sending out a message out there that we are a responsible destination COVID-19 is giving us an opportunity to enhance our competitiveness. What are some of the initiatives from your side? Well, um, it starts with, with, a, with the beginning of the journey. So we have, um, well, long before COVID, we have um, where you can, you can top up your, um, your cards, the how train cards via our app or your um, or the or on the website so when um we had we brought the system back um into operation in um on the 4th of may um we encouraged our commuters to please do the top ups online so that they don't have to queue at the stations or um, at, the office, at the ticket offices or at the ticket vending machines to top up cards to, um, to, to, so that they don't uh, social distance. Um, so that was the first thing we did in terms of, of using technology. Um, and then also with, with regards to um, um, social media we we communicated and and we in the in the advantage position that 
um, 90%, 99% of our um, of our passengers, our commuters are on on social media and use our social media platforms extensively. So we did we did we did go viral in terms of of our communication. Um, one thing that we did try to do in terms of technology, if you want to use it that way, and keeping in mind that we started planning for opening up um, train on the 4th of April, um, way back in the beginning of April. And um, we plan to use the sanitizing platforms, um, so the, the sanitizing um, tunnels, um, if you may, um, to uh, and and uh, to sanitize a, 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 a spray a thin mist, um, and also to use that for thermal thermal um, uh, monitoring of of people's temperature, and then on the, we had we we were we were piloting it at two of our stations Hatfield and Midrand. And we used it from the 4th of May and on the 16th of May, the World Health Organization made a calling and said they strongly um, uh, recommend that these tunnels, spray tunnels, should not be used. Um, so we are, they made a decision not to roll it out to our other stations. We still use it for the thermal screening, um, but not to to spray people. So um, so you learn as you go. You you learn as you go along. You know when we started planning for. We seem to have lost audio with Barbara. Well, well, we seem to have lost audio. Barbara, can you hear us? We will try and reconnect back uh, to you. Maybe this is a time again to bring in Sean um, and not Trevor. Um, um, as uh, Faith was speaking about the airport infrastructure, I can imagine with yourselves, with the construction, um, um, and also the limited space. Instituting some, um, um, uh, Trevor, uh, instituting some of these uh, measures um, um, in terms of space uh, uh, should be a challenge for you guys. Trevor? Yes. Now, well, um, space has not uh, really generally been a, a huge problem. Um, you know, we're a diverse um, operational airport, unlike our fellow colleagues at AXA. So we have a combination of commercial scheduled airlines as well as general aviation, and then, of course, a lot of um, flight training schools. Ah, okay, I see we've got um, my presentation I submitted. So as I was saying, um, the, the airport industry... Um, under the directive of Airports Council International, which is ACI, together with IATA, which is the Airlines Association that Chris referred to earlier on, um, with the World Health Organization, etc., they um, actually formed a aviation recovery task force um, under the acronym COT. And in that, what they did was they linked the airport and airline requirements, which was globally accepted practice. 
um, as a basic measure of, of getting the industry back up and running. So typically the access control, temperature screening, physical distancing, the face coverings, um, self-service uh, check-ins and boarding procedures, and then obviously the cleaning and sanitization of not just the high-touch areas, but also aircraft, et cetera, et cetera. So as an airport, we obviously followed the guidelines that were set out by the South African Civil Aviation Authority and, and ICAO, along with the Department of Health and Department of Transport. Lancida, as part of that um, opening of airports Chris referred to early on, was the only airport that was required or had some constraints with regards to port health, which we then addressed with the Department of <laughs> Health um, to get the final approvals, which was then granted. I think the biggest challenges that we're all kind of facing in the aviation community is um, you know, the, the general public out there would have based more used aviation for leisure travel. So outside, you know, the norms of the old business travel, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in our instance, a lot of our travelers were, I think the split would have been about 70, 30 in favor of leisure travel. And that is the side that I think has been hit the hardest. And I think Chris alluded to that earlier on with the opening of borders and so on, which is only really scheduled for level one. Having said that, um, level one seems to be still a, quite a distance away. And having just recently monitoring what's happening globally, many countries are now moving to opening up their borders, in particular to stimulate tourism. I know Spain has now removed the 14-day quarantine to allow the UK um, potential tourists um, to come in and come and spend their holidays um, on the Algarve and so, so forth. So the biggest challenge that we're sitting with, and that's why we're also in support of all the tourism initiatives, is that tourism plays a key fundamental role um, in, in stimulating a market out there where people are unsure um, when they can travel, where they can travel to, if they do, and I know I appreciate the fact that they may not have access to, to funds, but if they do, you know, what is available? Where can I go? What can I do? And it's the domestic market that I think is the hardest um, challenging market um, for us currently. And at the moment, um, you know, international travel is probably not going to come back to the country. And Chris can assist me here, maybe towards December or early January. So as South Africa, we need to actually look internally, is our opinion, and see how we can we start kick-starting this tourism market by getting South Africans to travel internally. And I know we've got the Savrala, we've got the bus coach companies and so on. I'm sure they are affected with that as well. So, you know, one has to almost kind of go back to re-engineering this whole thing. We all got to think differently and and, and sort of re-engineer our businesses. Um, but I think from where we're sitting to, to get aviation up and running, we can demonstrate the safety initiatives and everything else that we've put in there. But I think what we need to do is more to look at how can we start putting together some 
multiple packages um, to the general public, you know, even if the margins are few, maybe just that break even, um, just to get people moving again. Um, and I think that for us, if we look at the aviation industry in general, um, in conjunction with our tourism colleagues, is going to be one of the biggest challenges. The sad reality for us is just pre-COVID, we had launched what we termed the Greater Lanseria uh, Tourism Initiative because there's so many jewels, untapped jewels in this side of the world, you know, the Northwest province, which is 10 minutes down the road from us, um, as well as Cradle, the Lion Park, and so on. And I think those are the kind of initiatives that we need to kind of look at to the local South African market or the domestic tourism market and look at exploiting um, those opportunities that sit there um, available to us. Um, so, you know, we shouldn't just be relying or be looking sort of outside the borders. Maybe as a, as a, as a quick win is to possibly look internally and say, well, what is it that we need to do or can do um, together as a collective to at least stimulate some interest in getting people to consider moving again? Absolutely, um, Trevor. Um, yeah. yeah. I'll so, stop there. I won't go through the presentation. I'll, I'll stop it. Thanks, Barbara. That was just my, my two cents worth. No, absolutely. I guess um, the sentiments are shared across the board to say how do we, all of us, uh, become tourist visitors in our own backyard? How do we stimulate um, uh, demand? How do we also support the production of um, uh, quality experiences and quality products? Uh, maybe let's bring Barbara back on. Um, uh, Barbara, just to through from what um, uh, Trevor was speaking about. Um, uh, how train again continues to be viewed, um, I, I guess 10 years down the line, the sentiments are changing, but um, more public, more community-based initiatives um, at this trying time will go a long way in sending a message, not only to locals, but also international around us being ready and us consuming local products. Uh, Baba, I cannot start my video. And the host has disabled it. So shall I just continue without? Let's just continue with regard to conversations around how we stimulate uh, local demand and uh, get locals to be part of the um, journey and our recovery plans. Uh, if there's a video, can I ask um, your technical team to first video that that I've that I've sent? If you can, it's about a minute long. If I can ask you to play that first video, that's sort of part of our the first stimulation, getting local markets to get back on the train. Barbara, can I just double check with you? Would you like it to be the Gauteng uh, train reopening or when the Gauteng? Uh, the reopening video, please. Stop. Give me a moment. Thank you. Then I'll talk to that.
the purpose of this was really to check the level of readiness and uh, COVID-19 compliance because on Monday, uh, the 15th of June, um, the the hard train um, station will be fully operational. And uh, to that extent, it's important that we check, assess, and evaluate um, the readiness levels because we need to make sure that our commuters and the travelers that pass through the OR Tambo International Airport are protected from any potential risk of exposure uh, to COVID-19. I was very much impressed by the level of interface between uh, coming out of Houtrain into the airport, and that means the Houtrain Management Agency and AXA have worked so well for the benefit of commuters to have an, a seamless interface. Um, you know, one single point of interface from Houtrain into the airport and all the controls and the checks are in place without any inconvenience uh, to people that are traveling. So it is very much important that we understand that um, how trains readiness and its operations positively impact and has a multiplier effect on other areas of the economy that we may not be able to see. And it touches different aspects. Um, Tess, can, can you carry play, but carry on playing this one now, please? That that's actually the one, the the marketing message. Uh, Barbara, can I just double check? Would you like? Uh, so we've played. Yeah, let's let's, let's speak to it. Um, uh, we are moving uh, along with our time, uh, colleagues. Let's okay. speak to it. I think that this message that we just played was a very important message. Um, you could see also faith there that was um, trying to convince people to get back onto the train, get back to airports, that public transport is safe because we are, um, it, it is very tough to get to get people on back onto public transport as all the colleagues have, like all the colleagues have said um, uh, today we we have we have pre-COVID before COVID BC we've had about 50, 60, 66,000 people on the system every day. We opened on the fourth of May. Um, the the figures we had on the train yesterday was just over 6,000. We will not have the 66,000 um, passengers back on the system before June next year. Um, we opened the, the airport line on the 15th of June. Um, we had 134 people on the airport line yesterday. We are handing out free, three cards, Mahala cards, um, to airport travelers at the um, Awartambo station. Um, and that's the uptake. 134 people um, are taking up the offer. So 
we as the tourism industry really will have to work very hard together to get people back into public transport. Um, as, as the, as the uh, everyone has said, um, public transport is safe. The, the, the aircrafts are safe. We, we are filtering as the airports, the airlines are doing. We, are, we, we have taken extra precautions in filtering the air that's coming into the, into the hot train. After every train trip, um, at Hatfield Station, at Pretoria stations, the trains are getting desanitized. Um, they are being wiped down. Uh, social distancing is in place. Every second, and uh, as you will see in the presentation, um, every second chair is blocked out um, in, on the trains, on the buses, on the minibuses. There are, there are decals on the, um, on the platforms um, where people are allowed to stand. Um, as you can see in, in, in the, those photos, um, how train um, is just about the safest public transport rail, well, we're the only rail system back into op in, in operation um, at, at, at this point in time. Metro Rail is not, is, 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 was supposed to start on the 1st of June. They've decided it will only come back um, in July into operation. Um, we're the safest way in getting people to the airport. And yet we had 134 people um, back um, taking people to the airport. So we will really, really will have to work hard in getting, um, in getting people's faith back into public transport. I'm, I'm not sure, Faith, um, maybe you can tell us what are the figures um, through the airport. I, I'm not sure what the what South Air um what, what they are carrying and, and the figures through Lanseria, but um, we, we really have a problem in terms yeah, of getting people back. No, that's, 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 that's fine, Barbara um, and, and the colleagues. Uh, part of the purpose of these conversations is to really understand the depth of the challenges um, uh, so that we collectively work towards stimulating the demand, but also mindful of the realities, um, uh, health scares, um, and the need to punt in messages, uh, but also to deal with uh, realities on the ground around the impact of COVID-19. So we, we, we are here together to say, how do we firstly communicate messages around a safe and secure public transport and public spaces that uh, are connected to this transport uh, uh, infrastructure and platforms like these and many others and the colleagues and everybody who's participating here are taking this information and to share it out. We'll come back to you, Faith. I just want to bring Chris uh, to the conversation, especially Chris about your view in terms of post-COVID um, um, uh, recovery. Um, what will be the setup like? Um, what will drive conversions? Uh, assurance, uh, as it's coming out now, uh, we don't have the same numbers um, because we're encouraging everybody to stay home. We're encouraging everybody to do social distances. We're encouraging everybody to follow their protocols. So what will drive conversions as the sector gradually opens? Uh, what will ultimately drive recovery? 
um, uh, and what are possible new opportunities in the midst of every crisis there are opportunities and how are you guys uh, getting yourself towards that thank you Baba. i you know you, you've hit a big issue for us and the, the one thing is obviously at the moment it's a very very slow start i think barbara mentioned um, I think we're not even at near 5% capacity or 5% of the domestic passengers we carried before pre-COVID-19. So it's very, very slow. If you ask, talk to all the airlines, they're not flying at probably 50% load capacity at the moment. So it's even, and they're, they're combining flights and some of the flights are probably even getting cancelled at the time because there's just no passengers on some of these flights. So I think the big problem, we always realise that there's going to be a slow ramp up. The initial estimates were we'd probably get to about 50 to 60 percent of the of the pre-COVID-19 numbers by the by December, um, and obviously, but one of the big things is what we need to do is we certainly need to up the offering to the various passengers. So at the moment, you've only got business passengers that are travelling or essential services or medical reasons to travel. We need to we need to try expand that into the um, into the leisure market. Um, obviously, on a tourism perspective, um, we also just to pick up on something that Trevor mentioned is we would hope that we are back on the regional international um, flight situation long before the end of the year. We're looking uh, at a portfolio committee meeting it with, uh, the, uh, for tourism. It was a, a proposal of, a, of one September, almost at the at the latest, is is proposed. We obviously realise that there's a big decision for government to start opening the borders. But we're hoping that obviously that we can have a look at um, getting some of the uh, some of the borders open, specifically for those in those in those uh, neighbouring states that have, have dealt with the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic well and have got lo- low cases. They've obviously also got to be happy to be flying back into South Africa. We've still got a little bit of a of a of a numbers issue here that we we're trying to deal with. But it's important that we get the offering back so that you expand it to to the to the leisure side. Of course, there's opportunities. The domestic uh, uh, tourism, which was talked about, is absolutely right. Notwithstanding whether the COVID-19, no COVID-19, we want to even see our, our country and, and go around. But obviously, from a perspective of regional international travel, it's, it's noteworthy that depending on the airline, you can get a feed of about 20 to 40% of the passengers that fly in from regional international will go on to domestic travel, domestic flights. So we are by not having international or re- regional travel, we are not getting as many um, passengers on the domestic flights as we would like to see. So there's no doubt that we need to need to up that. And obviously, we need to show confidence, uh, as I mentioned earlier, to to the government and that, that protocols we in place, which are ready, by the way, for domestic, regional and international. The airlines are ready to do everything. They've All their processes are in place and they're ready to go. And once we get that go ahead, we would love to be able to, to do that. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. So, so maybe uh, just to bring you in, Sean, um, um, you alluded to the fact that uh, majority of your uh, passengers, customers, of the low LSM or SEM, as, as we use now. Um, um, how important is the regional market to you and your business and uh, to the stimulation of demand uh, for a city region like Gauteng, which is a hub for intra-regional uh, transport. Um, uh, Chris made mention of conversation around looking at countries that have managed this and maybe opening borders for that. 
But how important are these interregional travel with your facility being heavily experienced over 45 years of working in that space? Yeah, I, I thank you. Thank you for the question. I think once again, it's important for everybody to note that, um, you know, although regional within South Africa, we provide services, not only us, but uh, our fellow colleagues in the industry provide services to Malawi, Zimbabwe. You know, there's up to 50 departures a day to, to our neighboring countries, um, up to Zimbabwe, Malawi, and, and Zambia. Not to talk about Mozambique, Botswana, as well as Namibia. You know, a lot of these people are, are totally dependent on South Africa. And um, therefore, such a big, you know, it's such a big part of our industry. Just speaking locally, um, you know, if you look at the if you look at at at, at the typical passenger that's 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 using our services. I mean, this is most probably someone that doesn't even have his own vehicle. So this is his only way to 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 travel and get to his place of work, get to his loved ones, uh, for whatever the reason might be. Um, Gauteng, obviously, being the Gauteng as well as the Western Cape, uh, Cape Town specifically, um, you know, being the re biggest regions and also, you know, all our people that work in Gauteng and a lot of our people that works in Cape Town comes from the Eastern Cape. And um, unfortunately, with the current permit system in place, it, it really is just so difficult for anyone to, 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 to travel and um, it makes life difficult. I, I, I it's definitely going to have a massive impact impact on our economy. Um, if I, I really hope, I see our minister is, is talking um, this afternoon, or the minister of tourism is talking this afternoon, that there might be some relax, uh, relax, uh, relaxing on, on on some of these issues. But uh, I don't think we need to underestimate. If you, if you just take between Durban and 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 um, Johannesburg on on a good Friday, Friday night, there can be up to sixty coaches running between Durban and Johannesburg. That's just buses. And um, so it's massive. And unfortunately, we back to, I mean, for ourselves, talking for ourselves, we currently run one service a day to Durban, one service to Cape Town, one service to Eastern Cape. So yeah, it's a massive impact. That's, that's, that, that uh, ladies and gentlemen, brings home what we have all been talking about, the devastating impact of COVID-19 uh, on the livelihoods. Uh, these are not just transport facilities, these are carriers of people, but they are also huge drivers of our economic growth. As people move, as goods move, as services move, the economy moves. And um, so it's becoming important for all of us to join in efforts to really send in message uh, out there to our communities, to the public, around uh, observing protocols because the more we get uh, this attended to, the more we can safely reopen the economy. Uh, Faith, um, um, uh, speaking about uh, any suggestions from your side about joint up efforts, I'm not sure if uh, tour guides and tour operators um, uh, are allowed at the airport right now. Uh, but I guess there are some of the sectors that are really relying heavily on your infrastructure as a feeder to, 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 to their business. As we look into post-COVID, as we become optimistic, we put on uh, our energy tones in and look into the future. What are some of the joint partnership initiatives that you are envisaging uh, with the other sector um, uh, that are feeding from a facility like an airport? Mm. 
Um, thanks sir, for that question, Baba. Um, so far, I think as an airport, we are reacting as the regulations are being eased. We allow, you know, all of these, um, all other stakeholders to operate. Uh, we have an example, like Barbara said, we allowed them to start operating as early as June because the regulations were permitting of them to do so. We've got meter taxis, we've got uh, buses, we've got tour operators that are wanting to, to operate and we've allowed the space for them to operate. So we have not limited anyone. Although the upper roadway and the lower roadway are currently closed, and as said earlier, meters and greeters are not allowed into the terminal, the entry points, we've got a, like in Cape Town, we now have a dedicated pickup and drop-off point where all of these services from a ground transportation perspective can be found. So currently we're using MSP 1, level 2, as the pickup and a drop-off point, and an area where e-hailing, can be found there, your Ubers, your Bolt, uh, tour operators, meter taxis, and any other, um, you know, transport operator. And then the bus terminal, which is more at, almost at the back, um, close to the Intercontinental Hotel, has also since been opened. So any tour operators that have been trading before, they are allowed to be trading again. But the pickup point or the meeting point with their customers or their clients will then be at MSP uh, 1, level 2. So we will continue. We appreciate all the, um, like I said, through the risk assessment, it has kept the conversations going. The, our partnership, I think, with most stakeholders is stronger than ever. Uh, and we continue to then match ahead in, in making sure that we collaborate better. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Um, we are almost... Um, um, behind time, uh, with your permission, our panelists, we had some little bit of technical glitches. If you can just spare some few minutes so that we can wrap up nicely. Um, there are lots and lots of questions uh, on our chat uh, platform. I can see them. So um, we will be, uh, we've been giving some of the colleagues literally responding to uh, these questions, but as indicated, we will package them, share with our panelists, share their, their presentations, and respond accordingly to members. Uh, but at this moment, I'm going to allow for um, a, a question from uh, the floor, uh, from the participants, as we uh, said. If there's anyone um, uh, with a question from uh, our participants, Otherwise, we have seen a lot of questions on the chat. If there is no specific hand, we will uh, uh, continue with the questions on the chat, uh, mainly um, uh, faith around uh, uh, messages of security, reassurance, um, uh, but also public awareness, uh, making sure that the public is uh, uh, aware. Are there any specific hands? Um, Nas, do we have anyone? Doesn't seem to be at the moment, Mr. Baba. I don't see any hands raised. I know we do have a lot of questions on the chat. And as you have said already, we will package those and release them also on social media. So, okay. Um, Thank you. We will. Uh, um, also encourage everyone to continue the conversation. 
and I'm very much excited to be part of this initiative and to also to contribute in our economy. But as a new person that is coming through, I just got two questions that I want to raise. Maybe you guys can guide us. Uh, one, in terms of joining into the affiliated associations, how do you help new entrepreneurs that are like Zakele, who are new, who doesn't have those capital that we see in terms of joining? What is the time duration and again, for somebody who's new now to be in one of those associations. Thank you, Zakele. Uh, maybe Chris, if we bring, if we are to bring you in again, um, from the association point of view, um, um, how do you guys look into post um, uh, COVID, um, and how do you bring in uh, those that were never traditionally part of the? Uh, the associations, but they play a crucial role in supporting the entire uh, value chain in a much more meaningful manner. Uh, young people, people with disabilities, uh, women, um, as we move to a post-COVID that um, really encourages everyone to work together. Thank you very much. Thank you, Zakeli, for the question and, and Baba for, for referring it. Um, in, our, in our environment, obviously, we're talking airlines, and that's a very highly capital-intensive um, business that has to get started. So it's obviously um, difficult for a startup person to get involved in a, in a very high capital-intensive business such as an airline. However, there are other organizations such as the um, Commercial Aviation Association of South Africa, which will deal more with the, um, with the uh, uh, general aviation side and with smaller operators and startups in that area, and they would obviously be able to possibly assist in that area. I'm not sure exactly in what area, <coughs> excuse me, as Akele is trying to get, his, his interest is whether it's airlines, aviation, or tourism in that area. So maybe from a tourism perspective, it may be not, in, not specifically my area, other than to say that Tourism Business Council of South Africa, as well as other tourism bodies, would probably be able to assist. I certainly would encourage... Um, people from, from those communities who want to start up to get involved in this very exciting industry. So um, what it, if we can talk specifics, then maybe that's, that's an area to see whether it's airline aviation or, or tourism or travel. Um, and there's a lot of travel, travel opportunities in terms of travel agents or tourism, tour operators, et cetera. And there are many other associations such as SATSA, SATA, uh, that could also assist in that area. Um, from a vehicle rental, we've heard from Sandila this earlier, you could also assist in that area. And obviously from, a, from the other aviation side, um, from an association perspective, we have these associations, but there's also obviously um, other, other, you know, the, the large companies uh, that would maybe be interested in, in, in partnering with, uh, with a person like Zakele. Again, maybe more specifics required. Thanks. Thank you, Chris. We have Zakele's details, so we will continue to engage and uh, utilize the contacts and uh, your vast experience to plug um, and, 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 and hope and, and looking forward to Zakele and many others 
uh, uh, you guys leveraging the opportunities and the access uh, to some of this. Uh, Dr. Janssen, um, maybe just to bring you in as we wrap up with your closing parts. Um, um, I suspect with all that said, we remain optimism, uh, Barbara, and we will get how train back on uh, its winning numbers. But what are some of the collaborative initiatives from your side uh, that will drive us into the festive season uh, and into a new normal uh, with um, uh, COVID-19 behind us, but also balancing lives and uh, livelihood from, from your side as we mark 10 years of quality service from one of the province's most loved asset. Um, Baba, we we have to sit around the table as the tourism stakeholders in this in this province and have to discuss that because I, I read some of the chats quickly and and they're right. We we went into a post-COVID state in March. Um, this this virus is going to be with us forever, like the flu virus is with us forever. It's it's how we manage our lives around it until there's a vaccination and um, then go into a, a, a more of a normal state of living. So um, let's, let's take, take virtual hands, God take hands now, and, and see how we can make it happen. We, we are, as Gautrain, ready to see how we can make things work and what, what, what partnerships we can have in terms of going into the festive season, into the holiday season, and what tourism partnerships we can offer. Um, like we did with the airline promotion, we, gave, we are giving cards away. I'm giving a half a million rands worth of cards away free to the airport. That, that's a lot of money. And I'm, I'm, I'm I'm willing to give away more such more such cards, uh, more such promotions. So let's talk. Let's see what we can do. Um, it's only us that's going to make make the difference. No one is going to make that difference that difference for us. Absolutely, and our colleagues on the travel trade side are also um, hearing, uh, and I'm looking forward to them joining hands with you. Um, uh, Trevor, as we conclude, um, some of the initiatives from your side, uh, your parting shots, and how could we as a family collaborate to ensure that demand is generated, uh, but we also don't compromise on balancing lives and livelihoods. Yeah, thanks, Baba. I, um, I'm still of the belief that it's not going to be up and up to individual, uh, whether it be an airport operator or a car rental or a bus operator or a BNB, it has to be a collective um, approach. And what I would like to see, and so far, I must be honest, I haven't, is some sort of media campaign out there to, to our local South African public in general. And telling them of all the good things that we that we are doing and that we are proposing to do uh, going forward. Um, I know that is even this morning. Um, there's still concerns about the relaxing of regulations with accommodation and restaurants and those kind of things. 
And I think those are the initiatives that as a collective, as a South Africa, um, you know, to stimulate um, movement need, needs to be done. And, um, you know, that is why I think that this initiative by GTA is, is so important. Unfortunately, it's obviously for the Gauteng province. But I think it's something that we need to do. We need to say to all the provinces and, and to the country as a whole that, you know, we, we, these are the good things that we are doing as an industry to make it easy and safer for everybody to travel and that they understand, you know, all these nice initiatives um, that's out there, um, which would then hopefully um, open up people's minds to say, hey, I didn't know that's in place. Um, yeah, let's look at it, you know. And I think it's that kind of comms. Um, that needs to go out on every platform, you know, any social media platform, whether it's in, in the video you flight it right in the beginning, I think it's awesome. But it's those kind of things, you know, a video clip like that, it goes out onto whether it's SABC, ETV, wherever, you know, just telling the people out there, you know, because... Absolutely. No. Maybe it's an opinion at the moment. Um, no, we get, you. we get you. People need to know, people need to hear that message. We are doing things right we are taking your interest at heart. It's not just about us making money in a business and, 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 It is that we are actually doing things to make sure that it works and it works for everybody. Thanks. Thanks so much for the initiative as well. Thank you so much um, 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 uh, for joining us. Uh, Sean, as we get your uh, parting shots, um, again, you need borders to open. But in the meantime, how do we make sure that we prepare ourselves working together as a family, we start developing those packages um, in time, share information, but stimulate local uh, demand and encourage locals to explore their own backyard. Mr. Baba, I think Sean has had to drop off uh, due to okay. another engagement. So Okay, um, maybe the last one is Faith, your parting shot again, Faith, along those lines. Thank you so much. I think from our side, we continue to partner any ideas where we, um, in, in platforms that we sit in, where we've got an influence, we continue to, you know, influence in making sure that the opening of the economy for both international, regional, as well as domestic happens. Uh, sectors that are local that we can try to, you know, support in making sure that they, they, they actually operate effectively within the airport. We are willing to have those conversations and we'll make sure that we give them an enabling, profitable um, space to operate. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Faith. Um, uh, special thanks to Sandile in absentia. Um, I'm, I'm here. Uh, I'm here, Baba. Oh, you back. Um, uh, sorry, yeah. I, yes. I, sorry, Baba. I came, I came, I came back. Um, uh, if, if, back door, so you can uh, share your closing <laughs> part also. No, th thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I think we should actually, you know, uh, collaboration is very important uh, in these days. Uh, we, as an industry, we should talk like, you know, sessions like these are very valuable. I just want to pick up on uh, Zakele. Uh, you know, one of the initiatives that we're driving as TBCSA is obviously the whole issue of transformation. And I know I've looked at uh, his answer where he operates. I think he would be best suited within SATSA. And SATSA is a member of uh, TBCSA, certainly within our board as well. So I will direct him there. But, uh, you know, earlier, just uh, as a parting shot, you spoke, we've got to be, obviously, right now, the current is sitting with, you know, uh, very high stocks, uh, understandably. 
And you know, if you look at our holdings costs, for instance, per vehicle, you're talking almost around three to four thousand rands a month. We've come up with some proposal which may, you know, it's quite drastic, but it may also be a, 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 a controversial, particularly you've got to be sensitive to the other industries that are providing transport. But I think the proposal is just to get uh, the commuter into uh, the rental, you know, cars, ensuring you provide that level of safety. So uh, it's something that we are talking to government about to say, you know, at a reduced price, you know, provided obviously the commuter is also just, uh, uh, um, you know, subsidized as well. But these are some of the things that uh, I was talking to when I say I think the industry has got to, you know, not only be internally focused, but you've got to just in line with all the advice that we get from who, from the Ministry of, 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 of um, you know, health as well. I think we've got to get together and provide, um, you know, creative solutions. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And then, Sean, your parting shot, uh, cost uh, stimulating local consumption, uh, piloting, making sure that everybody is on board and encouraging and creating confidence out there on the utilization of the facilities. It's a key takeaway from this conversation. Your closing comments. Mr. Baba, Sean's uh, not on the call. I know he had to excuse himself. So we can oh. uh, do a wrap up, I'm sure. No, that's fine. Then that brings us to the end of the conversations. Um, it's not the end of the conversations. The conversation will happen under hashtag GP Tourism Engage, hashtag Visit Gauteng. We will encourage all of our participants to continue sharing with us their insights, their info. Um, we will next Tuesday again have a webinar that looks into the business events, that looks into events and events and transport um, and airports uh, plays a crucial role in as part of the entire network. So we'll encourage everyone who's here to also join us on Tuesday, uh, 12 o'clock, the same time for further engagement as we continue to mobilize stakeholders for a stakeholder customer community driven reopening of the sector that balance livelihoods and uh, lives of our, our, our people. We really thank all our participants. We thank all our panelists. Um, we really appreciate your insightful contribution. We thank you, CEO of Houghton Tourism, for today deciding to sit at the back seat and literally absorbing uh, everything else. That's how we build a competitive tourism sector and a visitor economy. That is a government-led, private sector-driven, community-based, consultative, and labor-intensive. With those words, we'd like to thank everyone. Continue the engagement, GP Tourism Engage, hashtag visit Gauteng. But because it's Friday, so we just don't want to leave. Uh, we'll leave with some of our images, our content, our videos. So stay behind for the next three minutes to look at some of our videos, our images, and the lovely celebration of the African footprint from How Train as it celebrates 10 years. Uh, let's stay for the next few minutes, but thank you everyone. Thanks for the participation and see you again on Tuesday. 
will continue to share information. We'll use our webinar chat platforms and our emailer to share the presentations. Um, let's um, uh, wish everybody a safe and lovely weekend with those sounds, music, and experiences. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye.